Uh, also today we are beginning 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yes. Now for some of you, this may be new to you and you're like, man, that's for spiritual monks. It's a discipline, just like prayer. It's a discipline that God has given us because I don't know about you, but I like food. If you can't tell. But it's a time of pushing away from the table so that we can focus our heart on our spiritual man and feed him. And so I want to invite you to join me in today. Obviously, I'll be preaching a little bit uh, towards this direction. But for the next 21 days, we're going to have the church open Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Give you time to maybe get home from work and then come and just spend a few minutes. Even if you can't make the full hour, I want to invite you to come and be a part of that. And then, of course, we have our Saturday morning prayer. This will remind many of you we, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. We have prayer. But this is a season where we really need to dedicate ourselves unto God. God likes first things. I mean, we see that from the very beginning of the Bible. He said, bring the first, the first of your crops, the first of your herd, the first of everything that we have. And this is an opportunity for him to bring him the first of the year of our lives. And I don't know about you if you're serious about this. I'm serious about this. I want to draw closer to God. I want God's direction in my life. I want him to give me fresh vision. How many of you know we're living in a world we need fresh insight and God's leading in our lives? So just want to encourage you to do that also um, on our app or go to our website and there are many resources to help you. Uh, I know they do have some of these out front. Uh, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a guide to help you, but there you can get that right on your phone, folks. You can pull it up online. We have also fasting guides for our, your kids and for our students. And so it's all there. It's all available, um, and it will help you. And uh, so just encourage you. We try to provide those tools for you. That staff works really hard trying to make that available. And I'm asking you to take advantage of that. Amen? And one other request I have of you. I'm going to be fasting from sunup to sundown. I have some medical things I have to take medication for, so I have to have some food in my body in, in the evening times. And so you can choose whatever fast you want. There's a Daniel's fast. It's all meat or no meat. It's all meat. No, <laughs> not that one. Don't do that one. Uh, no meat, no, no bread, no sugar, all veggies if you want to do that. Some of you, it's a partial fast uh, like I'm doing. And so I'm going to do from sunup to sundown. And that keeps it easy for me, and I would challenge you to do that with me as well. Um, and uh, drink water, and drink plenty of it so that you don't get, find yourself uh, uh, hydrated or dehydrated. I'm going to get my words straight. It's been like three weeks since I preached, so I've got to get my communication skills going here this morning. So just want to prepare you for that and looking forward to it. I'm going to be a little bit old-fashioned today. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. Can we do that? 
And, and I know, I noticed, look, I'm not getting on to you, but I noticed many of you don't have your Bibles. Ooh, ooh. I want to challenge you. Get your Bible out. Bring your Bible. I know you got your phones and you got your Bible app. I know all that. And it's all right there in my hands. And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, get your Bible app if you don't got your Bible this morning. Come on, get your, get your phones out. We're going to go to the book of Job. My dad says, I like what I see here. And what you may have not have noticed because you're sitting back and I'm a little, I got a little embarrassed this morning. But there's what we call altars that I brought in here that I have placed up front this morning. And these are altars that have been in our prayer room. And these are altars that we actually physically carried over here when we moved out of that building into this building. And I woke up this morning and the Holy Spirit said, it's time to bring the altars back. All I've been hearing in my spirit all week long is the new church is the old church. In other words, what I was going to ask you to do with me is the New Testament church, the book of Acts. During this time of prayer and fasting, I'm going to challenge you to go read the book of Acts. It never ended. It was the beginning of the New Testament church. And so during your time of prayer and fasting, just go see what God did in the beginning. The new church is the old church. Amen. I was a little embarrassed because one of my young ladies that I love so much, she said, she's watching me bring them in here. And, and she goes, is that like an illustration today? She goes, is that, is that like a bench? We missed it somewhere. I grew up on these altars. You know how many tears have been shed right here on these altars. How many salvations have happened of people coming and bowing on their knees. How long has it been? Are y'all with me today? I'm just trying to prepare the tables. Y'all better get ready. Go to the book of Job. Let's start with chapter 1, verse 1. It says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters who were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys. Now, I don't know why they specifically said female right there, but I can imagine 500 female donkeys. Have you ever heard donkeys? I'm not indicating anything, I'm just saying. I thought that scripture can be funny if you pay attention. And he had a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And his sons would go and they would feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And so it was when the days of feasting had run their course 
that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And thus, Job did this regularly. Hello, parents. Don't give up on praying for your kids. If you're not doing it, you better start. Your prayers matter. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And so Satan answered the Lord and said, I'm go, go, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? Do we have anybody like that in the house? So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch everything that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has in your power only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Y'all still with me? I've got some reading to do. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the uh, Sabians raided them and took them away. And indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he's still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven like lightning. It burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, this guy's starting to have a bad day. Another came and said the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And as if that wasn't enough. While he's still speaking, another came to him and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and suddenly... A great wind, a tornado came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, I don't know what you would have done at this moment, but take note of Job. Job arose. He tore his robe in sorrow and pain. And he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshiped God. I don't know where I would have been. I don't know where I would be at that moment. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with the wrong. I got 10 more verses. Y'all still with me? 
And again, there was a day, and this is chapter 2, and again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro from the earth, walking back and forth on it. And then the Lord says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? It's like, okay, leave Job alone. And God said, there's none like him. (laughs) What does he say about me? Oh, I could preach different messages here all along if you just stayed there. He said, there's none like my servant Job on the earth and blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Can we just have some people who fear God and shun evil? That's all. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. And so Satan comes back to the Lord and he says, skin for skin, buddy. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But now, I know, I took everything away. But now, stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And so the Lord tells Satan, behold, he's in your hand, but spare his life. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd, that's a broken piece of pot. And he he began to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. And then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job says, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept, notice this, you mean to highlight this in your Bible. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. There's another message. Sometimes we need to just shut up. (laughs) My brother talked last week about the mouth, right? I thought about following right behind him with it because I got another message for that, but the Lord said, no, I got something else. But that right there, if we could just start speaking good instead of evil, amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word today. I pray you bless it. Anoint my mind, my heart, my mouth. God, say what needs to be said. I ask you to do a mighty work in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Has anybody here today, have you ever experienced suffering? Have you ever experienced sorrow? I would say there is because I know there's people sitting in this building that have lost loved ones over the last couple of years. Have you ever experienced pain? Maybe a sense of hopelessness. Have you ever been criticized? Have you ever been degraded by someone? Maybe your character or your reputation is a, has been questioned. Anybody in the house? Have you ever been stepped on? Maybe been demoralized and made to feel like you were insignificant. Made to feel like you had no value. Made to feel like you were small or unimportant. 
that you were unaccomplished and that you had no future. Has anybody ever felt those feelings? Life has a way of bringing unbelievable pressure. Stress from these things that we experience in life. And I, I wish I could stand up here today and answer everyone's questions about life's pains that we experience, but I can't. I don't understand it all. But here's what I can tell you this morning is that God always has a higher purpose. Sometimes we don't understand it. We just read about a man who lost everything, but he worshiped God. And all it takes, I mean, to find what God has for that higher purpose he, is to maybe get us to a point where we surrender. We don't like that word surrender. We don't like the S word because we like being in charge of ourselves. But God's saying, you know what? I'm just looking for a man and a woman that trusts me. But that's going to take a breaking of the outer man so that he can change the inner man. And God will use, I hate to say it, God will use life's pains and suffering and experiences to press out an anointing on your life. I know it's going to get quiet in here because we love the blessing. Job was blessed. Y'all see all what he had? I mean, even 500 female donkeys. <laughs> My parents have one or two, and boy, they make a lot of noise. I just can't, I just got a thought when I saw that, like, rrr, 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 you know, just, wow, where's all the boys? Job was stripped of his wealth. He was stripped of his own kids. I don't know about you, but I love my kids. I would die in their place in a heartbeat. Any, any dads in the house, any mamas in the house. This man, I, I, I was trying to put you in this situation. His health was attacked. Has anybody's health ever been attacked? But God's purpose, what was his purpose in all of this? And I'll tell you, it was to bring Job to the end of himself. It was to bring Job to the end of his own self-righteousness, his own self-vindication, his own self-wisdom, so that he could find his all in all in God. To find his total dependence. You know, we start looking for an explanation uh, when things start happening in our lives. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why is that happening? But God is not looking for you to just continue to say why. We're looking for an explanation, but God's just looking for your faith. Unshakable faith comes from you having your faith shaken. We call ourselves people of faith, but you're not really a person of faith until that faith has been tried and tested and put through the fire. 
If all hell is breaking loose in your life, you better get ready. I just come to prophesy over you today. If everything is, I'm, I'm believing that everything's happening in this world and happening to us. It's a, it's a moment that God's saying, you better get ready. I'm about to put my church through some stuff so that they can become everything I've called them to be because they're going to have to be on fire. They're going to have to be full of Jesus Christ. They're going to have to be fully dependent on me to do the work that I've called them to do in this earth. I believe that right now we're living in a time of reset. That's all I've been hearing in my spirit. It's a resetting. There's a revamping in the body of Christ. Because we, there's some things that we've allowed to get in and the way we even do church anymore, that's why young people don't even know what this is up front. There's a resetting. I believe there's an end of something and there's a beginning of something brand new taking place. But in order to go there, we're going to have to throw out the old wineskins. You can't put new wine, the Bible says, in new wineskins. God's wanting to pour out a fresh anointing on his, his body, on the church body. And we're never going to get there until we get rid of some of the old stuff and be open for the new you say, well, what are you talking about? This is not going to be a popular message, y'all. I'm just going to tell you right now, but I ain't planning on being a popular preacher. The only place I want to be popular is in heaven where I preach the truth of Jesus Christ. If you're looking for that sweet little feel-good sermon, there's a church down the street for you. It's not here because I've been called for this hour. I've been prepared for this hour. Since I was a little boy, my, God told me that I'm preparing you for the end. I'm preparing you because I, I, there's a fight in me when I see evil. There's something that stands up on the inside of me and says, no, not this day. Not today, devil. Not in our church. Not in my presence. We're going to stand up for the truth of Jesus Christ. Some will stand with me. Some will leave me. So be it. I said, so be it. It's not going to matter what you think. It only matters what he thinks. And it's not my own opinion. It's whatever thus the word of God says unto us. It's not a watered down version. Come on, church. I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm in a soul winning contest under heaven. That's all I care about. Y'all sit down because I ain't near through. Y'all gave me two weeks off. See, this is what happens. Anybody who serves God long enough, you're going to discover that sooner or later that the greatest hindrance to God's work in your life it's not other people. It's you. Me, myself, and I. We have to stop pointing fingers. Pointing blame. Hello, somebody? And your outer man, and when I say outer man, I'm talking about your flesh, must be broken so that it can be submitted to the inward man. I'm talking about your spirit. 
I'm talking about your spirit submitted to God's spirit. I'm not talking about to your own mind and your own will. No, submitted to God's, what you just stood up for. To tap into. See, there's something about when you are full of the Spirit, you speak differently. You act differently. When you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. You you talk differently. You think differently. um, And when you say a word, you say it from the inside out, not from the flesh. The Bible talks about the inward and the outward man. Ephesians 3.16, if you have your Bibles... Paul says, I pray that he would grant you according to his riches and glory. Whose riches and glory? To be strengthened with might. How? Through his spirit. Where? On the inner man. Look at Romans 7.22. He says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. See, when when you're just reading this, from the outward man, it, it won't speak to you. But he says, when I delight in the law according to the inward man, when God is in control, I mean, you have submitted everything and you are operating, operating by the Spirit, all of a sudden the book comes to life. 2 Corinthians four sixteen. even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed. Dang. That tells me that you need to be renewed. Coming to church once or having a one-time experience of God is not enough. He says your spirit continually need to be filled day by day. Can you ima- I just can only imagine if I can get a church full of people operating in the spirit day by day. I can only imagine how you would walk out of here and operate in your marriage and with your children and at your job and with your business. I can only imagine what that would look like because when God is in control, it's a completely different looking situation. When I go home, I treat my wife differently. I'm more open and loving and forgiving because trust me, I have stuck my foot in my mouth one too many times. I know y'all think I'm perfect, but I'm not. I've done it in front of the staff and had to apologize to them. And I get home and I know I'm about to get it. We need to operate in the spirit. Amen? Your body, soul, and spirit. The soul is where your thought life is. It's where your, your will. Some of you are strong willed. I know none of you like that. None of you have strong opinion. You lying to yourself. Now, ain't nobody looking at their spouse right now either. But your, your soul is your thoughts, your will, your emotions. It's where they function. Your outer man is obviously even your physical body. But when I say inward man, I'm talking about the human spirit where God dwells. People are most conscious with their outer most man. Right? I mean, we try to take care of ourselves, we, 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 you know, but it, it can overtake us too. I mean, uh, now that we have our selfie phones, 
I mean, some of you teenagers, I, 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 look, I'm not here to make fun of you, but it's like, get the picture just right. It's all about the look. It's all about the perception, but that doesn't mean that the inner is any different. It can be ugly on the inside. Uh, man, there's so many messages here. But I'm talking about the inside. We're, we're, we're conscious mostly with the outside. And, and, and you know what? Since we're so conscious with what's happening to us, we don't realize what God's trying to do in us. We don't even recognize the spirit anymore. You know how I know that? Because it's when a problem pops up and when an issue pops up, your first reaction is flesh. Hey, we all like that. Chill out, y'all. Just, oh yeah, he's in my, he's all up in my world right now. We do. But what if you were full of the spirit at times right now? This is a season where you can be a woman or man full of the spirit and reacting from that man. The problem is, is we have people trying to do spiritual things while operating in the flesh. That's got to change. You're going to lead a small group, you need to operate in the spirit. Because we got major issues going on in our lives and they need the spiritual power of God to do the work, not you. Maybe less talking, more praying. Maybe less talking, more laying on of hands. Hello, somebody. Boy, I told you I was going to be all up on you today. Nature has its own way of breaking. John 12, 24 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So where's the life? Life is in the seed. There's a shell on the outside, and as long as that shell is not broken, it cannot grow. So he says, except it die. Look at your neighbor and said, you got to die. That's very encouraging. Thank you for the positive message, Pastor. Well, I'm positive you're going to need this message. What is this death? It's the cracking open of the shell working together with the elements, uh, with the temperature and the humidity and the soil. And once it's cracked open, that's when the wheat can begin to grow. So the question is not whether there's life in the seed, but whether the outside shell is cracked open. You may not have recognized it yet, but God is using or trying to use the elements of your outward life right now to break you. I don't understand this pain, Pastor. I don't understand why. Why would a good God allow the suffering? Everything has its purpose. So that the inside man can come out, out of your pain, let me tell you something, out of the things that you may are facing, that's where the God life will begin to flow if you will allow him to continue to do the breaking and completely surrender unto him so that the spirit of the living God can live on the inside. If you're holding control on the outward man, you are imprisoning the God man on the inside of you. 
And as long as you remain unbroken, the Lord's life is confined and it's restricted and the blessing that he's trying to do or the direction that he's trying to give you for this new season is going to be on hold and it's never going to happen until you let go. When Mary went to Jesus and offered her him an offering, the Bible says that she had an alabaster box full of expensive perfume and she takes it and she pours it on the feet of Jesus as an act of worship, of submission, of adoration. And she pours it out on Jesus. And guess what all the people around her did? They criticized her. I'm telling you, we're living in a world right now. Get ready, church. You will be criticized for your worship. You will be persecuted for your worship. It's already starting to happen. They will say, you're foolish. You're just all wrapped up in that religious thing. I'm telling you, the world is going one way, and the God's looking for a true church. Just thought I would bring that out. But she breaks the alabaster box to pour this precious oil or ointment on Jesus. And, and, and uh, it, it's, it actually, the oil on the inside is the most expensive thing about it. And, and you know, we, we all start treasuring our alabaster box. We treasure the value of our outside life, what's happening right now. Everything is happening right now. But God treasures what's on the inside. We all know this. God didn't call us, though, to be antique collectors. He didn't call us to be vase admirers. He wants you submitted to the oil. That's what we're trying to get to. We're so focused on me and my and I, but God is trying to get you to desire the inward fragrance, the oil, which is the Holy Spirit that needs to come to life on the inside of you. And it's the Holy Spirit that God has given us. I'm telling you here this morning, we need to destroy the outward man, the outward base so that we can be filled. See, God... If you read all through the Bible, everywhere you read, God wants to bless you, then he'll break you, then he'll give you away. This life is not about you. It's not that we don't have our own desires. I'm not saying that. I mean, I, I have likes and dislikes. God said he wants to give us the desires of our heart. But is God first? The only reason he didn't take us out of here when we got saved is because you got work to do. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we just baptize you, hold you down. There you go. See you later. No, you got saved. And he has a gift for you. That's the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? To anoint you for what he's called you to do. Because you can't do the works of the ministry on your own. And your gift, I hate to tell you, I know as much as you cherish your gift, whatever it is, it's not for you. It's to be given away. So he blesses you, then he breaks you to make sure he's got you right where you need to be, that your heart's right, that you are submitted under him. You say, how how do I do that in regular life? (laughs) Trust me. 
God will work right where you are because he's planted you for this season. Don't you think he knows exactly what your life is all about? Don't you think he's the alpha of the omega, the beginning and the end? He knows how it's all going to end up. He already knows ahead of time. He's just looking for you to make the right choice. Y'all still with me? It's 1101. But I want you to be aware of something. This is what I can't deny. Brokenness is also a path that is sprinkled with blood. Pains. Suffering. Maybe feeling minimalized or pushed away. Just remember Jesus. What happened when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane? The Bible says that he was exceedingly sorrowful. God himself in the flesh was deeply distressed, the Bible says. And I'm telling you that the Garden of Gethsemane was a type of crushing. It was an olive press. Disciples that were, you know, went with him there. They couldn't even stay awake. And so he ended up all by himself alone in the garden. There was nobody else. And he had to submit to the crushing. Humble himself so that the oil could flow, that the anointing on his life could flow. Jesus didn't do anything until the Holy Spirit came down and rested upon him. What makes us think that we're going to do it in our own flesh? But my point is, is there is a type of crushing. Listen to me. This is where I felt really God speaking to me about what's happening in our world. But I feel like there's a type of crushing that's happening in the body of Christ. Everything that's going on around us right now is not just happenstance. It's not coincidence. There's a purpose. And when you look at prophecy and you begin to uh, look in, and I don't claim to be a prophet, but I try to study and listen and be open because God's called different ministries to do different things. So we have prophets, preachers, teachers, those that are in the body of Christ. And we need to be sensitive to what everyone's saying. Amen. When you look at the Jewish calendar and you look at the Hebrew alpha, alphabet, which they've used from the beginning of time, they're very significant. Matter of fact, the number two and uh, the number 22 are very significant meanings. And I could, I'm not going to bore you to death with all of those things today. And I don't have time, but I'll tell you a few things. But I will say this, and I'm not trying to be the grim reaper, but we're living in a time where I believe things are going to get worse. It's not going to get better for a while. You, listen, we can't hide our head in the sand, y'all. And since we, since we can't change everything that's happening, we're going to have to learn to live with where we're going. I'm trying to get you to shift your, your mind. You need a paradigm shift. We're all focused on what's happening on the outside. But we got to learn to live from the inside out. The truth is, it's only through the pressing and the, and the crushing that we can become who we're supposed to be. The 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Tav, is the last letter of that alphabet signifying completion. This letter symbolizes two things, to mark or sign something or 
it symbolizes even truth. The second letter in the Hebrew alphabet is the letter bet. It means house, household, temple. It also means an unveiling or a revelation. And in this context, in the year 2022, which in the, uh, the Hebrew uh, or the Jewish uh, year, it's 5782. And it has, it's a year that has begun with the marking of the truth. As a matter of fact, with the Jewish calendar, it started in September. So it's begun with the marking of the truth beginning, listen to me, in the house of the Lord. It's not begun on the outside to reveal just yet to the world what the truth is. No, there is a cleansing that needs to happen in the church body. And the truth has to start on the inside of God's church so that it can flow to the outside. Anybody with me? The year 2022 or 5782 is also a Shemitah year. What is that? It's the seventh Sabbath year of rest. If you read in the Bible, there was always a seventh year where there was a year of complete rest in the Bible, resting the land so that the land could refurbish itself. And, and, and there's all types of meanings. Again, I could sit here all day and we could talk about it, but we are literally witnessing an end to something and a beginning of something else. Either one will be marked and defined, mark my word, by truth. For some, this is going to be a great time of deliverance. I believe this is going to, we're going to begin to see God preparing the church for the great outpouring of his spirit. It will be a great revelation of truth that will lead to revival in the, in the world. And for others, it's going to be a great time of trouble, great time of despair, an unveiling or exposure of corruption of evil, evil agendas and lies. Are y'all hearing me, church, this morning? The Bible, I could go into many scriptures, but I'll read you one. First Peter 4, 17 says, For the time has come for judgment to begin where? And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not even believe the gospel of God? Here's what I believe. I believe that God is cleaning house. As much stuff as I've seen going on in the church in the last year and a half and with preachers and pastors and everything, it's still happening right now. God's cleaning house. He's looking for a church with truth. He's looking for a divine church. He's looking for a church. He's preparing. I'll tell you what he's doing. He's wanting to prepare his bride. He said, I'm looking for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And he's preparing also for the second coming. He's preparing for revival. And we have entered this time. I, I believe that with all my heart. I felt it, felt it confirmed with my spirit as I began to study this. And there is going to be a time of separation that we've entered in even now. A separation between the wheat and the tares. See, from a long distance, they look alike. If I'm looking at it from a distance, I mean, it looks like. If I'm looking at a church, I mean, if it's too far away, I can't tell the difference. That's just a church. But you start looking up closely, there's a difference between the wheat and the tares. There's a difference between those that are sticking to the Bible and those that are not. 
There's going to be a separation, the Bible even says, of true worshipers and those who only have a form of worship. See, we don't like, the new generation is like, I don't like that kind of preaching. Just preach grace, pastor. Preach love. Yeah, yeah. love is is the greatest thing we have. The grace of God, the love poured out on us. But let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that he's not called us to live for him. And I live for him because I want to, but not because I have to. Not because of a bunch of rules. I'm saved by grace, not by a bunch of rules and religion. Right? We all know that. But you also need to know that he's called you to live a, a, living, a, a, a life of sacrifice. Submitted unto him. A house, a temple that's holy. Oh, now I'm going to get all in your world. I told you that the number means house there's not only a cleansing in the church but there's a cleansing that needs to happen in your house in your temple in order for the inward man to be prepared for the Holy Spirit to reside there needs to be a clean up in our house because we've allowed things to attach itself it's the inner man where he wants to dwell please hear me church I'm reaching for your soul today in order for him to dwell on the inner man, God's got to get, got to get your stuff out. I said, he's got to get your stuff out. He's got to get your stuff out. Your thinking, your ideology. No, and just long for his presence and his will and his word. He's got to get your stuff out so that he can get his stuff in. I mean, look, church, people are falling away. Look, I don't know if you know, maybe you don't know, but up here I can see all these empty pews. Empty pews that used to be full. I'm glad you're here. But there's a lot of people that are not in these pews anymore. I've watched them fall away. Can I just talk now? I've watched them fall away. And guess what? It's not just in this church. It's in every church. See, I know a lot of pastors, and some of them get discouraged, like, man, nobody's coming back. Nobody's coming back. I'm like, keep preaching. Keep preaching the truth. Doesn't matter. God's God's separating the true worshipers. And I'm glad you're here because he's looking for those sold out to God. We're living in a new world. And God has anointed each one of you to be a part of it. So you might as well feel blessed that you're here because he's obviously got something for you to do in the body of Christ. Thank you for being here. I told my wife, even after the the first time we shut the doors on this place, I mean, I never had, none of us ever experienced that. I'm like, man, my God, you know, I have to say I allowed fear to get me for at least a few hours. Like, we're not, we can't have church? Oh my God, I'm standing up here, I'm preaching to total empty pews in that camera. Never had to do that before. I wonder if anybody's going to watch or listen. God help me. But here we are, We're, we're making moves. But the real church is here. And if you're not a part of the real church, I'm I'm trying to move you today. Hear me, church. I'm telling you, though, but we're in a season that we must go through. We're in a season, they can come on, 
guys come back up here with me. I'm going to end this thing. But we're in a season where you may feel the pressure. Each of us individually have had challenges in our life. We've had suffering. We've had pain. We've had all kinds of things that maybe you've gone through in your life. We felt the pressure from the world. But I'm telling you, it must happen. There is a purification that's happening. And in order for us to operate in this hour, you're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost. If you remember when God's people were delivered out of Egypt and then they circled for 40 years and then they finally entered the promised land. How many of you know when they got to the promised land, it was not what they expected? <laughs> it was full of giants. They had to fight war after war after war in order to even capture the promised land. And I'm telling you, we've entered a new season. I think sometimes, I mean, have you ever felt like, Lord, just come today. I'm ready. <laughs> like, I'm just tired. I think as you get older, too, even especially, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, Jesus, if you just showed up right now. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to, go to heaven and hang out. <laughs> tired of all this. But we've entered a new season. And you're here. There's a promise. There's promises in his word. And I'm going to tell you, they've all keep coming to pass. We're in the final hour, church. And I've heard that all my life. But I was telling somebody this morning, I've never seen the signs of the times like I see them now. I'm telling you, we are close. We're in the final hour. And God's looking for a bride. That's ready. There's going to be giants in front of us, and we're facing some giants. So be prepared. But do not fear, for I am with you, he says. They just come with the territory. And since the territory is not going to change, folks, it's not going to change, that means that you're going to have to change. Some people say, well, I just want to go back the way it was, Pastor. Just, I want the old. I want it to go back the way it was. I hate to tell you, it's not going back the way it was because we can't do the new things with the old ways. It's in time to embrace. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Where does it start, Pastor? Starts from the inside out. Today, as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I brought these altars back in here. See, what you need to understand, I grew up, there was an altar call just about every service. You say, well, that's old school. Well, some of you need some old school. It's a time where we came and we poured our hearts out to God. The first thing that has to happen is cleansing. We need to clean some things out of our own lives. What does that mean? Repentance. 
some of us got some things in our life we need to repent of. Has God forgiven us? Oh, he's already forgiven us. He said he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He's already went to the cross for it. He ain't going back again. But he wants you to come and choose. So I'm going to open up these altars this morning. A place where these altars have been in our lives for, my gosh, over 30 years. Maybe 40 God said, take it back to the altar. The new church is the old church. I wonder if I got anybody here this morning that just would come spend some time around the front today. I understand maybe you want to turn around in your pew and just seek God. But I'm opening up these altars today. Hallelujah. Just come, bow down on a knee. How many are ready to go with me? This is a time that God's called you. Again, if you don't feel comfortable, just turn right around right where you are. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God.
Oh! 
I'm praying today marks the beginning of something powerful in your life. If you don't expect it, it won't happen. But I'm entering this season of prayer and fasting with expectation. God, I'm going to, first thing I got to do is surrender my all. That's what I'm asking from you today. 
I'm asking you to surrender. God's asking you to surrender. And watch what He does. It's not a surrender so that He can put me in jail. No, it's so He can get you out of your shell. Because there is life on the inside of you. I don't know about you, but I'm just praying, God, I'm just hungry and I'm thirsty. And so church, let's go for the next 21 days and I expect God to perform miracles, to perform signs and wonders, even situations that you're facing right now. Some of you need to be delivered from some things. I said some of you need deliverance. Prayer and fasting brings about deliverance. Some of you need healing in your body. I know I do. There's some things like, I don't want to take medication for no more. I'm thankful for God, for the doctors and the medication, but you know what? I'm too young for that mess. Amen. I'm believing God for healing. He still heals, by the way. But most importantly, that we would draw close to our maker. Regardless of anything else, that's what this is all about. So let's enter. Let's come this week, if you can. Find a day that you can come, 7 to 8 p.m. We're going to open this auditorium for you to come and just pray. We'll lay hands on you if you want us to lay hands on you. It's going to be a great time Saturday morning, 9 to 10. Then, of course, back here on Sunday, I am expecting a move of God. I am expecting. Pray with that, with, with me about that. Amen. Lift your hands right now one more time. Father God, we just surrender unto you. Lord, I've spoken your word today, and I pray that your spirit does the work. I can only say what you've told me to say, but you do the work on the inside of us. And I pray as we leave out of here that we'll be sensitive to the things of God that is on the inside. Lord, that we would lay down all the outer shell and allow you to do the breaking so that you can bring me to life. We thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen, everybody. So go home, have a blessed day. If you're a guest of ours, we'd love to say hello in our VIP right out to my right through these double doors. Have a safe week. We'll see you sometime this week.